I really don't know how to start these. This is really awkward. Um, hello, welcome to A to B with Parkour UK. Uh, today we sit down with Lynn. Uh, Lynn works as one half of the digital support team here at Parkour UK. Uh, she's a prominent figurehead within the sport of parkour. She has an incredibly successful stunt and performance career and has amassed several sponsors, including Noku and Pure Sport. So hello. Hello. Um, so how long have you been involved doing parkour for? So I started over 10 years ago uh, when I was living in, in Austria for my studies, came across uh, classes and ever since I just um, gradually kind of um, got more and more into the community and I think I've been like probably the past eight years it's been like my main like my job my my passion so yeah quite a long time how did you sort of discover it was it uh in a sense of it was something that you had previously like heard about and learned or is it something that you saw on the internet or is it just no none of that um i know a lot of people got into it through watching videos or like jump britain for example for me it was i had no idea it existed until i actually was in a class uh, i was dancing at the time and my dance uh, lesson was cancelled and then a friend of my sister's she was a sports student and did all sorts of different sports so she mentioned that there was a gym that was offering parkour classes and i just tagged along and then just really enjoyed the community vibe. Uh, very different from any sport I've done before, not in terms of movement so much, but because I did gymnastics as a kid as well. And it, my, I mean, there's lots of um, bits that are similar, but just the way the classes were taught was so different. And I really just enjoyed it and then got into it more and more because I went through a period of grief after my dad passed away. And it was the only thing that kind of brought so much joy and like just a sense of community so I just stuck with it and you you now obviously live in Brighton as well did you move over to the UK for parkour or was it something different oh I just had two stories um my boyfriend at the time he's uh well, he lived in England so that was one reason to bring me over to the UK but then also I really at that time I really wanted to make a career from parkour and I really thought that I'd have to be in London or somewhere close to London. I know now that that's not actually the case. It did help at the time though, because I mean, the UK had a really good community. I learned a lot, I trained a lot and the job opportunities were here as well. So I did come for parkour, but it wasn't the only reason. So I guess like that builds quite nicely into um, sort of your role at Parkour UK. Um, so just explain like a little bit about what you do and uh, sort of what you enjoy most about working for Parkour UK. Um, so I'm part of the digital digital team, uh, which means I run uh, or help run social media uh, channels and also do communication. Um, there's different projects as well that I think we are going to go into as well. So I'm not going to talk about those too much. But what I enjoy most uh, working for Parkour UK, I think, is the culture within the the team uh, it's a very nice atmosphere um, for working like nice people to work with uh, but also i really did enjoy because i come from such an informal side of parkour um, most of my training is just going out and training outside like with friends uh, my jobs are all like freelance uh, mostly so i do enjoy that this job almost forces me to reach out to people that I normally wouldn't talk to not because I don't want to talk to them but because they're more in the formal side of uh, the sport like gym owners and just getting to know that side a little bit more and also just having to just 
yeah talk to people in general I quite like talking to people so that's one big part of the job that I enjoy a lot and getting to know uh, the different areas of the sport that I wasn't so familiar with so like with projects and, and stuff like that you've been uh, you said like focusing on the social media side of things um what's like some of the things that you've been working on uh, within like sort of I guess the social media but as well what's some of the projects that you've got coming up that you're sort of working towards and sort of in, in contact with people with so the first project that I attacked um, when I started working for Parker UK was pretty much building a database of the UK community which is almost like an impossible task to do because it is very informal it's very big um, but I thought well, if our goal is to represent the community as a whole and not just bits of the community we need to know who we're representing so we need to find the people so I try to put together a database of where are the gyms like who are the gym owners uh, who are the athletes that do freelance work who are the photographers who are the like sort of journalists like who write about parkour so that we can connect the community together and also make sure that we represent everyone through the social media channels and my biggest focus is um, Instagram and also Facebook but I feel like Instagram is the biggest platform for parkour so it's been like building a communication with the community through Instagram and just getting like not engagement for the sake of having engagement on our page but just making sure that we actually um, talk about events that are coming up talking about projects like community projects or all sorts of different things also promoting athletes and just the sport in general to maybe a bigger public um, that's been like my first focus and then it's been how do you represent the sport in a way that for example gets more women into the sport because it is a very male dominant sport um, a big part of my job is to um, work on a women's engagement um, product like we call it women, women's engagement project one of those things is like well we have to represent women there's not that many in the sport but it is important that on social media the few people that exist, like the few women that exist in the sport and are active, they need to be visible because it will get more women into the sport, which then also leads me to the second, like the other project is the women's engagement that doesn't only involve social media, that is literally just working on how can we get more women, not just into the sport, but also into higher positions, into organizations, how can we get them involved in decision-making um, and how not even how do we get them to do that, but women need to know that those positions exist and they can take them. So that's a big part of it, just working out what the best way is forward to represent female athletes and also just women who want to be involved in the sport without necessarily wanting to do the sport. I think what you were sort of saying there as well, um, using Instagram prim primarily to connect with with the community i think that's really important and especially i think with the women's engagement project and stuff that you're working on giving voices to to the to those sort of groups in the community i think is really really important um and yeah like when you came into to the organization back back in july and you started with the sort of the instagram projects and and stuff like that i think it was very clear to the community um, that within a very short space of time that there was immediately like a social presence sort of coming from Parkour UK. And like you said, where you've been discussing with the gyms, with event organizers, um, with photographers, athletes and things like that. I think now there's definitely that 
sort of connection with uh with the community there yeah. which um is is really good um i guess like this this kind of can flow a little bit into um the next sort of question uh, that that i want to ask you um as someone who has had a a a, a good good string of sort of professional work through through parkour um what would like be your I guess you're building blocks for success in that sort of thing. I guess with like the use of Instagram and stuff like that as well, it's obviously somewhere that you're quite knowledgeable about, so. You mean for freelance work? So if you wanted to get hired for commercial jobs yeah, and films? Like, yeah, jobs okay. and- So I think there's different venues into it. There's different ways of approaching it. Um, the way I've done it was um, through um, social media, like knowingly or not knowingly, I'm not sure. It just kind of grew with it. Um, so three building blocks, let's say if you wanted to get commercial work, um, first one is you have to be visible. No one's gonna hire you if they don't know you exist, pretty much. So you have to make sure that you're visible either on Instagram. Instagram is a really good one and it's probably the most used one. It helps to have a website. I don't think it's necessary, but just more visibility is good. But then the second one would be if you then do get approached by a client um, for a job, you should be showing up on time and like be happy to work because it is work. It's not just a training session. You get there and something's asked from you. Um, so be happy to work. And the last one is be easy to work with. And that's probably one of the most important ones because if you're easy and like kind of, yeah, easy to work with, if it's pleasant to be around you, then they, like the client might wanna work with you again or they will recommend you to a different team who's then going to use you to work so those are really the things that i'd say are quite important and has any like parkour jobs have any of them stuck out for you and created like fond memories of parkour or do you have like a a, a fond memory of parkour that sticks with you all the time whether it's from a job or, or just in general general training and stuff i do have so many like memories i mean uh, parkour has been like the biggest part of my life in the past 10 years. Um, so there's loads and loads of memories to choose from. In terms of jobs, I've been relatively lucky because um, not every job is interesting. Some jobs are just, a, it's a job. But then I've had some jobs that were pretty incredible. Like last year, I, well now two years ago almost, I got to Absail, the world's tallest building, which has nothing to do with parkour whatsoever. But I mean, it doesn't really matter. Mm. It, was, it came because they found me as a parkour athlete and thought, well, free runners are good at going up and down buildings. And buildings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they did did it hire me for an app selling job, and although that is not a parkour job um, as such, it was. It's a memory connected to parkour, sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, and it's definitely not a memory I'll ever forget or the feeling I forget. But then, other than that, uh, one that sticks out was going to um, own the spot in Eindhoven in 2019. I had just come out from um, a pretty long injury and it was my first time, I think, getting back into training a bit, training around people. And I was quite conscious about getting back into it because you have expectations of yourself. You know that people know what level you used to train at. I was out um, of the sport for like, not the sport, but physically doing it for over a year. And then that event was just so nice and I was, I got to hang out with so many of my friends, like spend a lot of time with Katie in Sydney. And that really sticks out as one of those trips that just were incredible. 
outside of parkour so friendships and and jobs and stuff what do you do when you're not training like what what is what do you do in your spare time what are your other hobbies and like what are your other interests and stuff God, I feel like I have so many <laughs> I get into stuff um, quite easily I used to be so fixated on only parkour and now I have so many things that I'm really interested in I teach yoga so I did my yoga qualification a year ago I really love doing that it's like a completely different side of um, on the different spectrum of parkour it's like just very calming I really enjoy that and then um, I have two nieces and a nephew I don't live in the same country as them which is a shame but I try and go and see them as much as I can or like just yeah talk to them so that's a big part of who I feel like I am like an aunt to three incredible little kids um and also I'm doing up my house um in Brighton which is a full-time job in itself and I am shockingly bad at it but I'm learning as I go so it's I wouldn't say it's always fun but it is an experience so that's a lot of what I do and I guess before we wrap up do you have one unique fact about yourself it could be like anything like maybe something that someone doesn't know or something that's like a weird talent or anything like that is there any sort of random unique traits that you've got okay um I wouldn't say unique it gives me comfort to think that no one's unique and we're all a bit the same um but not too many people know I don't know if my accent gives it away but I did not grow up in the UK um I'm from Luxembourg which is like one of the smallest countries in the world and I grew up speaking a language that not very many people speak which also forces you to learn loads of other languages because otherwise you can't communicate with the outside world Uh, so I'm fluent in four languages uh, which comes in handy when you're traveling Um, so I think that's maybe an interesting-ish fact. What what are the four languages? Um, So Luxembourgish which doesn't like I mean I, I can speak it with my family but other than that it doesn't really help much um, German, French and English and I learned Swedish and Spanish I've lost pretty much all of my Swedish because I don't use it and my Spanish I still I can read it I can understand it a bit but I was to hold a conversation it'd be very very hard so yeah Does learning a language get easier the more languages you learn? So like say yes. if like you know Luxembourgish and French was learning English easier to learn because you known those two uh, i feel like english is just an e- easy language to learn uh, if you speak it um, compared to german and french it's just really super easy um, and i think the more languages you know the easier it is to pick up other ones because they always feed off each other in terms of like where the, the words come from but it also is easier to get really confused so we'll sometimes uh, speak in the wrong language too someone because the words just come out the wrong way and you mix up languages which is quite funny and you don't realize you're doing it so the person last week I was uh, at an event in Leuven and went up to Louise and talked to her and she just looked at me and she's just like you're aware that I don't speak that language right I was like what what language do I speak to you in like uh so that's quite confusing but yeah I think it helps cool so before we wrap up I guess the question is what's one question that you wish I'd asked you that I haven't asked <laughs> um, um I can't think of any question that I want you to ask me to I guess it's, it's a weird, weird thing to state isn't it <laughs> what question do you want me to ask you um but I guess like just I, I don't know um anything any I like final end. words you want to you want to end with um not sure no. no I think yeah um 
No. It's been really fun working with you. So I'm just oh, stop away. it. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's pretty much it. No. Cool. Um, thank you for tuning in to... I'm looking at the camera. I hope it's working. Thank you for tuning in to this. Um, so these podcasts uh, are a way for us to keep a little bit more connected with the parkour community. So today... We spoke to Lynn. Um, if you do have any questions that you would like to ask any of the Parkour uh, UK team members, you can do so just by following us on uh, Instagram, sending us a message on there. Um, and yeah, cool. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. <laughs>